We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome into the So Rare Andrews podcast brought to you by Rotowire and sponsored by So Rare. I am Andrew Laird. You can find me as Lairdino on So Rare. Joined as always by Andy Black, who you can find as Black on So Rare. Today we're talking about a topic that everybody loves to talk about, DNPs. But anyway, Andy, how's it going? Great, great. Um, how are you? How did this past game week go for you? This past game week, um, let's see, it's now, what time is it? A little after six o'clock Eastern. On Tuesday, we got our rewards like uh, 25 minutes ago, and I had a game week that I would have killed for like three months ago, and just the way that my so rare experience is gone, I was slightly disappointed in my results. I ended up getting basically playing the tier three lottery. I had two or three lineups that were within like anywhere between one and like 20 points of getting tier twos or tier twos into tier ones. And I had some DNPs or at least guys who didn't start that pushed me down. But um, I got the classic experience that a lot of people do opening rewards. It's like, Oh, I don't know who this guy is. Let me go check Sora data to see if he's any good. And some of them were okay. And once again, my most excited experience was my uh, common card. Um, what was, yeah, because yeah, Holland or Mbappe or Holland. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the one thing I was going to ask you about is you got the wrong, uh, timber brother. (laughs) I, did you, did you open that reward and think that, you know, pulled the right one? I definitely knew I didn't pull the right one. And the, the reason I know that is because I bought a super rare two weeks ago. And maybe it was last week, uh, two weeks ago from sean psu fans too i have a record of buying cards from him and the guys just being terrible immediately mm-hmm. and this super rare that i bought from him it was a utrecht midfielder named joris van something or other and he was immediately dropped after i i bought him for timber so it was like i knew who timber was i knew i didn't have the good one yeah but i also knew that he's a starter because he's i playing. Because I have a super rare of the guy he benched. You're in a good situation now where you can use that rare until he gets benched and then you can start playing the super rare. Or you get it confused and you play the wrong one and then you get a DMP. 
I mean, ideally, they both play. I, th I think that would be a, a good situation, but I don't know. But yeah. he's good. And uh, Pires, who's in chat, was like, hey, that's a good long-term hold. And I was like, I'm thinking to myself, I'm so bad at that. They're, are, are they twin brothers or are they just brothers? I have no idea. Okay. In fact, I, I think I learned that they were brothers by from you just now. All right. They're definitely brothers? Know. I think they're brothers. Yeah. I mean, they look alike. I didn't even look. Like, I just saw the name and I was like, oh, that's okay. I mean, I knew I wasn't going to get the good one because I, I wasn't in a star situation anywhere. Fair uh, enough. How was your game week? We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. But, so we're supposed to talk about DNPs. And I think, I don't know if people like when we agree on things or not. I feel like we tend to agree on a lot of things. We just like view so rare similarly. And I think we might generally agree about this as well. But it seemed like it was a topic that it, either a lot of people are talking about or just the louder people are talking about. And so I heard it. And first off, do you think DMPs are a problem on SoRare? Uh, define problem, I guess. I mean, they're a problem when I get them and uh, they ruin a lineup of mine. But uh, no, not, not really. I think, that, I think that they're actually good for the platform. And I, I know that there's a lot of people that would disagree with that. And that's fine. But I think that they're good because they're the one thing that gives an edge to the player that is going to work harder, really grind it out and do their research and, you know, uh, just outwork everyone else. And there are people out there that try to outspend everyone else because they either don't want to or can't outwork everyone else. And that's the edge that, uh, that, you know, our smaller budget players are always going to have over those big budget players, my opinion. Yeah, that, that's fair. I think the, the way that I've been thinking about it, I guess, is because I've had conversations in like a lot of different groups about what, what to do about it, if there's something to do about it. And I think the DNPs generally... I think the general thought is that they help lower budget players. And that doesn't mean low budget, but like lower. Well, it budget. doesn't help them when they get one because right, they right, right. Yes. everything that they have for that week. Like they might yes. play two lineups and if they get one, then they're, they maybe they're dead for the week. Absolutely. Uh, and I, and I, I appreciate that, that like there could be, you know, your, my counter argument to that is if you have one lineup um, and you're a low budget player, you should know those players pretty intimately. And, you know, if you get a DNP, it might be just be extremely unlucky, but it also could have been just a big blunder. Yeah, I think, I think we're, we might be giving too much nah, credit's not really the word, but I, I think there's this thought that the, that you can skill your way out of DNPs and like you can't like there you are players not everybody has Aaron Cresswell right <laughs> yeah but there are guys that are like more important to their team captains maybe a CDM that just always plays um those are the types of guys that you know if you want to avoid DNPs that they're going to be in the squad 
Yeah, I, I think the the important thing is that like nobody's avoiding every DNP. And well, there's a good counter to what I just said. Michael Bradley, um, what was that two weeks ago? Totally unreported. Um, I guess he had an injury or something, or because he wasn't even in the squad. No. And he, dude, play has played every game the last two years when he wasn't hurt, and uh, not only played, started in all those games, and uh, just randomly. I guess wasn't even on the MLS uh, uh, injury report and boom, DNP. Yeah. The, the only difference there is that Michael Bradley tends to kill lineups even when he's in. <laughs> so like, I'm not sure it's all that different. That's fair. Uh, that is totally yeah, fair. So, so generally I think the whole, like you just got to work harder and some more skillful players like avoid DNPs. And I think there is some skill in avoiding DNPs. Like I, there, we see plenty of, of so rare managers at every budget level, like starting guys who are suspended or who are questionable. And sometimes it's like, you just don't have another option and you just have to start them and that's fine. Yeah. But I think we, there's still plenty of mistakes all over the place with all types of managers that there is still like, there is skill in avoiding DNPs. For sure. There's no skill in avoiding all of them though. I think the, Somebody showed me something this morning. It was one of the bigger accounts in the entire game um, before this, after this game week locked already had, I think five dead lineups or five lineups with key players that were DNPing. And it's just like, okay, that's one of the biggest galleries. And, and that's not even talking about galleries where we know they're just throwing darts at the board. Like I, I don't think Karupu spends a ton of time on this. I don't think um, uh, who's the other one. Uh, uh, Roxy. I don't think that he spends a ton of time on his lineups but he slaps them together, looks at last five and, and puts them in there. Um, actually, I would love to find out what their process is for submitting lineups because I'm, I, I'm just guessing, but uh, I think that uh, those are guys you definitely don't want to have subs or uh, any kind of mechanism to avoid DNBs. Yeah. I think ultimately the, the problem that I've had with, with talking about DNPs is that every suggestion that I've heard and it's not like I've heard a hundred of them. There yeah. basically comes down to two suggestions and they all, or they all, they both really negatively affect smaller galleries. There is one suggestion that I think Mike kind of addresses in his question where I think this is one of the ones that frustrates people that do do the work that put in all the time, do all their research um, if the game week deadline were moved back to the old, old lock time of, I think it was like, it was like 11 o'clock my time. Yeah. So I don't know what time that was. It was probably noon your time. Yeah. 6 p.m. Europe, Paris. PM, 5 guess, PM, yeah. So if they, if they could move it back to that time, you get all of the Friday press conferences, you get all the, I guess, Tuesday press conferences in, and you can kind of find out about team squads. I guess it would have been Monday, but you find out all that information and you can make decisions on that information. Um, there's no worse feeling than submitting your lineup and then the next morning you find out um, your team had a press conference and they're not taking your your captain, the player that you captained uh, on the road game or whatever. Well, well, we think of it as the next morning, but th- I mean, there are people in Europe who it's like, I set my lineup an hour ago yeah. and now I'm dead. Right. Yeah. So the, the two solutions that keep getting thrown out are subs and rolling locks yeah so subs obviously i've seen a whole mess of suggestions like you can have five subs and it's just one per position you probably only need four i guess because like the extra spot or whatever 
And then the rolling locks, uh, or I've seen also one sub, but then how do you do that if it's a different position and all this stuff? For different scarcity. Right. And then there's the rolling locks, which is just basically every player can be taken out of a lineup until their game starts. And so if you see the lineup an hour before kickoff and they're not in it, you can replace them with someone else. And that suggestion is one that I think would be really popular before it's implemented. Yeah. And I actually think smaller galleries would love it. And it would take them a little too long to realize that they're getting killed by the bigger galleries specifically with that rule. Yeah. And so I would, you're talking about rolling locks. Yeah. I would hire someone <laughs> flat out. I would, because uh, I'm just not like just too busy on the weekends, chasing my kids to soccer games and, and um, driving, driving them around and just like, there would be no way I could get every like fix every single lineup and fix every single DNP and optimize everything. And, and there would be people working so hard um, and I couldn't keep up. So I would either have to have someone do it for me or sell my gallery. And, and that's actually kind of a different response. Cause you have a gallery that could handle it. Oh, for sure. For sure. I have got tons of depth, right? I would love it. Yeah. Um, like I, from the perspective of I've got the depth for it. Right. You need the depth and and an intern. Yeah. Basically. Are you allowed to use somebody else? I don't even know. What's that? Are you even allowed to have somebody else set your lineups? I don't know. Uh, no, but uh, I think that if they implemented that feature, they would have to like put some kind of like delegation um, into your uh, uh, account to where I could be like delegate Sean to set my lineups for me because I'm away from my computer and he's not. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think. I think the biggest issue with that one, and it's basically an idea that, that has come from DFS and cause obviously like fantasy premier league has subs. They don't do this rolling lock. There are some kind of season long fantasy soccer games that have rolling locks, but you know, you obviously, you know, it's usually single league. So it's like, Oh, I know when all the premier league games are, but if you are literally needing guys in lineups all weekend, like it, it just, it's a killer. And the, the biggest difference that that we saw with DFS is not that people were taking advantage of it for like injury situations. Like, I think that was the original thought. Everyone's like, right. oh, it'll be so much better because they, I mean, they were, it was specifically this like DNP situation where like uh, in a, on an NBA slate, if it starts at 7.30 PM and then you find out at 10.30 PM that somebody's out and you, you're getting a zero and you can't do anything about it. So like, oh, we're going to let you change that player now. And there was this, so everyone's like, oh, that's great. Cause I'm not going to have a zero. And it's like, oh wait, now I have to be there at 1030 to make sure that my guy is in. Yeah. And then there, there were those who like, I have this situation where now I can be a little more aggressive. If I'm, you know, if I, if I'm losing and I have to make up ground, I can pick a guy who, whose floor is, is lower, but his ceiling's a lot higher. Right. And like, we're going to see that in so rare if this happens, like if, some, if, if you're, lineup is struggling and you basically have one guy who's like always good for 60, but never hits 70. Yeah. And there's another guy who is constantly in the thirties, but could has two hundreds in his L 40. You yeah. go with that guy. Cause like, yeah, you're losing anyway, but at least right. I can try to get, might as well put that high upside guy in there and, and hope. Exactly. And so 
that's even like beyond the whole like when somebody's like, oh, Mbappe's out and this guy can just throw in Lewandowski because he's not he's in a training lineup. Yeah. And I thought it was a little crazy that people would have cards that good in training lineups. And then I looked at some of the training lineups from this past weekend and my God, some of the bigger galleries just have like they have training lineups that are better than anything I could ever put together. Yeah. And I was like, never mind. I don't want these cards even possibly in play. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Pires, you said substitute like score reduction of use for me is the logical way to keep everyone happy. Um, already you're wrong because that doesn't keep me happy. <laughs> um, it's an idea for sure. Like, I think that uh, if you're going to do something like that, there would have to be like a, a, a penal- penalty or whatever for using the sub, especially if they were like out of position. Um, but yeah, it's it's such a tough such a tough one uh i i'm i don't think that there's any scenario of subs that i would um i would be for at all yeah i i think the the first one that jumped out at me was just like you're now making people buy more cards yeah you're like now i need what you know if if we're going from so5 to so5 and five subs or would you start handcuffing your players yeah i mean you could yeah absolutely do that like whoever whoever your backup forward is or whatever you buy that guy, just in case, you know, your, your guy gets the flu and you can sub him in real quick. Although it's probably not the most effective way of, you know, accomplishing things. Um, it would definitely bail you out in some situations, I guess. Yeah. I, I guess it just feels like it's going to be more bailout than strategy. Yeah. (laughs) And I just don't think you, you design a part of the game to like help people get bailed out. You know, the, the one thing I can think of is I think everyone needs to invest in a nice box of tissues that has DNP written on it. The funny thing about those, uh, th- this I have here is I've kind of like snuck this in and uh, uh, I've had it on here. And uh, I've had so many work calls where people like look back there and they're like, hey, what is uh, what's DNP mean? And I'm like, hey, <laughs> don't go there. <laughs> now you can just send them a link to this podcast. Right. Perfect. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I think Mike brings up this good point, which I think we all overlook a little bit, but like subs just complicate the game. Yeah. And I think I've kind of said this on a number of things, but it usually comes down to like, you know, expanding the, the scoring or expanding rosters that the, the goal, so rare's goal is very clear and it's to have as many users as possible. Like they want a million users and you don't, easily get users by making your game more complicated. Like as weird as it sounds like the scoring matrix is like absurdly complicated. Maybe it's not even complicated. It's just like long. And the first time I tried to describe it to somebody, it made no sense. And I was like, I, let me like get back to <laughs> what it actually does. But like fundamentally it's like, Hey, you need five cards, go play them. Yep. And that's it. And now it's like, Hey, you need five cards maybe up to five subs. And if they do so, you know, one of your players doesn't get it. And do you get to, can you use the sub if the player doesn't play? But if he subs on, then he does, you know, it's like, I think we did see, like I had a lineup this week, one of my uh, D5 lineups where I had like great, four great scores. And then a guy was on the bench and it was like, should I get a sub for that? Like, can I automatically do it? But like, if he plays, yeah, if he comes on for three minutes, then um, and gets his score of twenty five, um, does that negate your sub 
So now you're rooting, like you're sitting there like, oh, do not come on. That's all you want. Like, do not come on the field. I want you to, I want to use my sub. And then people are going to get mad that, oh, I didn't get to use my sub because the guy came on for, subbed on for three minutes and scored 24 points or whatever. Or, or the other situation where like, no, I put my sub in, but he got a red card. And so I want, I want the guy I had (laughs) originally to be only at 25. Yeah. And so. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think about this? The when your player subs on and gets 25 points, do you think they should get 25 or 35? I'm, I'm glad you brought this up. So this happened to me recently where one of my players didn't start, but came on at halftime. Mm-hmm. And like the guy he replaced got 35 points and he got 25, but they yeah. played the same number of minutes. I think it's a glitch in the st- scoring matrix that they only get 25 for something. On. I think they should get I think they should start with 35. Tell me why I'm wrong. <laughs> I, I don't know why. Like, I don't know why playing the first minute of the game gets you more points than playing the last minute. Yeah. Or or they do away with the whole starting off at 25 or 35. And then you just get they they do the math and they figure out how many points per minute you, you should get. And then they just give you the points per minute. Yeah. I, I, uh, I kind of feel like there should be a reward for starting. Yeah. And okay, that's fair. So thirty-five to twenty-five just makes sense. But okay. it, but that one situation felt weird to me, where I was like, my guy played just as many minutes and scored ten fewer points. Yeah. You know, at least on the on that part. Um, ah. When he says it really, really well, there. Best way to piss uh, people off: try and make it, them all happy. Yeah. So I, this Pierce uh, was asking if I think DNPs basically become a retention issue. Like, will people walk away because of DNPs? I don't think I've seen a single person walk away yet because of a DNP. I think if you're, if you've gotten so many DNPs that you're walking away. Then you suck. Then the skill gap work. Yeah. (laughs) And that's like harsh to say, because like, I know people who have gotten killed with DNPs that are good at this and it's just like dumb luck. I think what makes it easier to brush that off, like for me to like flippantly say like, well, just whatever is that you can play the guys next week. It doesn't cost you any more money. Right. You own the cards and we enter these free competitions and that sucks. And that there are people who are like, I had a great team and this one DNP and yeah. I get it. I really do. But like somebody else won because you didn't have, because you, know, you had a DNP and another week, somebody else big has a DNP. And so you get to go buy them. And I just feel like, not that it evens out, but yeah, I don't think DNPs will be like a big enough problem that enough people are like, I'm out of here. I think DNPs almost keep coming, keep people coming back. Like it's, it's almost like golf. Like you hit all, you hit, you go out and you hit, you know, 10, 20, 30 bad shots or whatever, but you hit that one good shot. You know, you get that one good lineup and it keeps you going. Um, I almost feel like DNPs are just like that, that thing that just kind of keeps nagging at you and I don't know, keep, keep you going. I think that's a great point. You know, know, nailing it within five feet on the 18th. That right. Keeps you coming back after you shoot 130. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just don't think it's a problem that needs to be fixed. And I think that sounds, well, I don't, I don't know if it's a problem that doesn't need to be fixed, or I just don't think that there's a reasonable solution. And so they shouldn't change it. Maybe that's the way I'll put it. 
I think that they can do. I think they can do things to like help uh, help the managers and helping the managers would be changing the game week deadlines. I know that they have reasons for why the game week deadlines are the way that they are. Like, I think it involved like them having to work on the weekends or work in the evenings or something like that. And hey, I think we're big enough at this point where, uh, and I've said this before. Um, sorry, team, you're gonna have to work at night or somebody's going to hire somebody that can work at night um, so that we can get a game week deadline that actually makes sense. Cause the game week deadline right now makes very little sense. Yeah. So it's my understanding that the, the reason was rewards that they were doing rewards before, you know, like later in the day and they wanted to move it up. Yeah. I think the other one was that there were a lot of like, at least for us, Friday morning matches that were losing out on game weeks because mm-hmm. They were ending one early and then having the deadline. But I kind of always thought that they were going to push the deadline back again once the European League started up because there would be enough of people like, wait, wait a minute, this is, we need to have the press conferences. Right. It's November 2nd. They haven't moved it, but the uh, Asian leagues are ending in like a month. And so I like, but and I think it is just they don't want to be there on a Friday night. Part part of the problem too was like there were like weeks where like either double game weeks or there were teams that were like falling in that weird. They had like a weird dead zone where uh, the games weren't being scored. Yeah, and it's like we're past that. Like you can you can have one game week butt right up against the other and and not miss games. So um, I think that if they really want to do good and and actually like start moving in the right direction on this, it's move the game week deadlines at least gives us a little more information. Like, I think the fact that we're all basically going in blind, I mean, there are some teams that do Thursday press conferences, but most of them do Friday, at least for the weekend matches. And so, I don't. yeah, I agree. I think they, they need to move it back. I love this idea from Mike. Uh, what about having to play X number of minutes to get 35 in the same way 60 minutes for a clean sheet? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Masaki, I'll agree with that agree. until my guy like, gets 59 minutes and then I'll bring that's, it. That's important. Like we we shouldn't be losing utility from players. So like if whatever, when they do move the game week deadline, make sure that you're not creating situations where your players are in double game weeks. Or um, I think I think the big issue was they were in a window where like the game week was ending here and the next one was starting here. And there was like a gap of, yeah. of time that games were just not getting covered. And they can't do that. That's not right either. Yeah, so... Th- the reason for the gap was that you could use your rewards immediately. Yeah. And obviously we can't do that now because we get the rewards after the next game week started, but I haven't heard enough people. And granted, I don't spend much time in the general discord. um, So maybe it's there, but like, I haven't heard an uproar of like, I want my rewards to play the very next game week. And so we should go back to kind of these different start and end times, but I think that was the reason. So um, what are some things that you do uh, to avoid DNPs when it comes to setting your lineups and when it comes to actually purchasing players and making decisions on who's going to be in your uh, squad for the week? So I don't buy anyone who doesn't always play. Define always play. Like 100% of the, <laughs> no, uh, but like it's cl- literally as close to 100%. Like if, if there, if I look at the, the score chart on store data and I see like three DNPs, I'm like, whoa, 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 
that makes right. me nervous. And then I now go I have to do the go, research. Okay. Were you just hurt, or do you just get rotated a lot? Or you does your coach love to change the squad up? Yeah, or sometimes it's international matches. And I'm like, oh, okay, they don't play internationally, but they always play. Yeah, I think yeah. that's. I just really, really try to avoid getting anyone who doesn't always play. And so that doesn't mean I don't have DNPs. Like I had a few this past weekend, or at least guys who didn't start. And I just kind of accept, but yeah, pretty much like anyone who is questionable to play, I don't play. Like there has to be like a manager quote that says like, they're going to play. Did you start Alonzo Davies this week? Yeah, Davies was never a doubt. Oh, come on. <laughs> Just because you didn't play him. I read like 10 things saying that he might not start. I thought he was fine. <laughs> and you got rewarded for it, too. Yep. Frustrates me. I'm not sure if I had a ton of guys actually to to uh, not play him. So that yeah. I'm, I'm like not a great example. Well, I probably... I don't know. Yeah, I had plenty of U23 guys this week. But yeah, I, Davies, I thought, was going to be fine. Okay. That's all. I'm pretty Did much the way where, like, the guys that I buy, um, I only want the guys that are, like, dead set. Like you said, I'll check to see if, like, they're rotated for whatever or they don't play in international games or if they just had an injury, COVID, whatever. But um, – yeah, those the guys that like are like, I, I mean the the thumbnail that you put out was delegate who started today, but he's rotated on that team pretty often and like puts up good scores when he does play, but like surprise will get you with DMPs and drives me nuts. Um, ended up selling him just because it was driving me so crazy, and like. I remember talking about that with you though. And you were like, I'm selling him. And I was like, why? And you're like, I just never know when he plays. And you're like, I was like, yeah, you're right. It's like a hindrance in your gallery. Cause you're always tempted to play him. You're tempted to play him and you're doing, you're spending so much work. Like I, I would spend so much time reading like Juventus blogs and other things and squad guesses. And it's like, I could just like have a guy that always plays and move on from this who probably costs less money than than him and i can bank a little bit of eth and have a guy that always plays Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's nothing better than reading like a translated russian blog about juventus and that guy sitting at home in st petersburg is like i think delic's gonna play this week and you're like all right i'll play him yeah that guy seems to know what he's talking about there was there was some good stuff uh jemmer was streaming uh a couple weeks ago or something and and he had an article pulled up that was just like you're talking about it was like a Russian article, translated, broken English, hard to even read it. And he's like, oh, he's got that Portuguese guy starting. I'm playing him. <laughs> I think he ended up playing too, which was funny. Uh, I mean, yeah, guessing lineups. I, I come from a job that requ- that uh, required, you know, trying to figure out lineups. So it's difficult enough. But yeah, I don't. I don't were know. there certain leagues that were easier to predict? Um, and certain leagues, and I know the answer to this is going to be yes. And probably the MLS, um, is one of them, but certain leagues are really difficult to predict and guess. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Uh, I think MLS might've been the toughest, which is nuts because we were 
we're you know rotowire is based in the us yeah. yeah and like we have all the media but the media access for mls just seems very limited and so and there's no there are no official injury reports required and so you know there are plenty of instances where all of a sudden it's like the game starts on yeah. a saturday and they're like oh yeah that guy got hurt on tuesday and it's like well why are we just hearing about this I'm like, oh. and, and honestly the only way to like to overcome some of those is there's some really good beat writers for specific teams that you can follow on twitter but then you're you end up following you know like i don't know 20 beat writers if you can hunt them all down mm-hmm. and they're helpful they obviously don't won't be able to give you everything but um uh what I, what I've done is at least for like key teams where I like, I have like five, six guys from their team or something, then I'll, I'll be following that beat writer and I can kind of follow that news a little closer. One of the things I saw a lot with some of the uh, English ones is that they have, they're not like blackouts, but they're basically blackouts. And so it was one of these that like the manager says like, Oh, so-and-so was questionable, but yeah, we'll see if he can play. And you, you read that and you're just like, I don't know what to make of that. Yeah, what does that mean? And then it turns out they don't play. And like the match recap is like, well, he hasn't trained in two weeks. And so it's not surprising. And it's like that information is not allowed to be told until after the game. And like there, there's nothing you can do about that. Yeah. But that's what it is. The, one of the other things that, that I've done to avoid DNPs is I've completely avoided the Asian leagues because not my native language, really hard for me to find news. Um, and I know that there's people out there that have either have news or can support you and, and help. Um, but, um, I just am uncomfortable, like with that league. So it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to avoid it to, to help. And I'll spend a little bit more money to go elsewhere just because I'm uncomfortable, like totally relying on someone else to give me information which is funny because like that's already what i'm doing is like when i go to get mls news or whatever i'm relying on other people to get that news but it's just it's it's hard to rely on like a single source for all of it i like how you say it's not your native language as if you have like semi you have like a little korean language you know yeah well i did i did learn a trick though again from jimmer oh yeah from jimmer's stream yeah yeah he 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 was copy and pasting the Korean characters into, I think it was Twitter or Google and didn't realize that you could actually take those characters and just like totally search news based on that. So he'd find the player's name in Korean and copy and paste that name into like Twitter and then translate and get news. And it was, it was more news than I, like I was impressed. I was impressed. And I was also like, I'm not going to do this. I can't do this every week. It is so fun to watch other people like do their research and uh, see the ways that they go about avoiding DNPs and just getting team news and stuff. It's funny. I was talking to somebody the other day about how like the lineup building process, like watching somebody make lineups every week sounds really boring. And I'm like riveted by it. Yeah. Like I, it, it's, it's kind of like what they say, like, no, like, nobody wants to hear about your fantasy football team. Mm-hmm. And it's like true. Like nobody cares. Yeah. But like there I was last night watching Quinny make all his lineups. I do it. I'll do it on Thursday. Like, and I do, I'm just like, I don't know what it is because we, so on Jimmer street, I was watching Jimmer do it. We were talking about how I wanted Jimmer to make my lineups for me. And we're like, it's so different 
making lineups when you just don't know the gallery because you're just 100 you don't you're not used to researching these players or whatever and yet when i'm watching somebody else make their lineup decisions like i don't know their gallery right he's got a killer d3 lineup this week because of us but um (laughs) we'll take all the credit for yeah yeah i'm gonna ask for uh yeah i'll ask for a cut if uh, when he gets first place in that one but yeah, it's kind of like weird how that happens, but like, yeah, the research thing is. I just like it's curious. I'm curious how like other people figure out like how just that. How do you decide if you're going to play somebody who's questionable? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. There's so many things to like consider when it comes to like building, building lineups. And like when you're going off somebody else's gallery, it's like, I know mine. I know what players I can, I know that I'm going to have a good U23 team, or I know that I'm going to have a good champion Europe team, but I know I can't waste um, one of my champion Europe players in U23 because I got to have them in that lineup. And all like all this, like, you know, it's, it's like a, the, the meme of Charlie, Charlie day almost where he's writing on the chalkboard. And, uh, but it, it it's funny because like you go in and, uh, uh, try to do someone else's you're just completely lost. You're like, lost. Sure. You go and try to build the best team. And then you realize that you built the best team. Now you can't build a, a champion Europe team at all, or you can't build a U23 team at all because you took all the good players and you stuck yeah. them in this one lineup and Maybe that's the best thing. I don't know. It might be, but because we've kind of talked about the quality versus quantity and, yeah. and lineups and all that, but uh, man, it, it's it's fun to it's fun to look at. Yeah, I think I realized it when there was the uh, the Zora Cup, whatever it was called on Zora Data, where it was like take Zora's gallery, make a you know an SO five lineup, and we'll we'll all compete. And it's like okay, but like. In that situation, you're picking five cards. Right, one lineup. And now it's like, okay, go make all of his lineups. And I was like, I don't even know where to start because I don't know these play. You know, like, I don't know where you you where you want to put certain players. And so, yeah, that was one of the things I was thinking about with with Jimmer's when Jimmer was like going through. So he's like making a lineup of mine, 
and I'm watching this and I'm like, I would never do this lineup. Like absolutely never. But then it was like, should I, should I be making this lineup? And that got me into thinking that one of the big kind of talking points in DFS is should it, does sport knowledge help? And there are a lot of people who play DFS, like let's say they play DFS, NBA. Real quick, let me stop you. Yeah. What's sport knowledge? Soccer. Oh, okay, like specific to the sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Gotcha. Okay. So like, does it help to know hockey yeah. to play DFS hockey? Gotcha. And there are plenty of people who know nothing about hockey and don't want to know anything about hockey or MMA or tennis or any of these, but you can make, they can be very good DFS players. Cause they're like fundamental things of like, you're just looking at stats and like, this is how they work best together. And here's how you get the optimal lineup based on these projections. Yeah. And it's almost like, that's what, that's how I should be making my so lineups. Like I, some, maybe well, it's better to make somebody else's. So you you got to go buy the guys. Right. So you kind of need that knowledge or at least, I, I don't know, I guess you could maybe cover that gap a little bit with so rare data and just finding the right top players or whatever. But I think that knowledge helps in, in finding, you know, all the little cheat code players or players that have been hurt for the last year. Um, and maybe there's not data on them. Uh, so I think it, 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 it helps in some scenarios, but I, I, I see where you're going, where it's like, just use the tools. Right. Like maybe I know my gallery too well and I yeah. need to actually like unknow my gallery to make better lineups. <laughs> I'll only be setting like three lineups next week. Just because of the best? Yeah, just make the best ones. Maybe and then I'll get a DNP and then I'll just like flip the table and I'll go back to the old way. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want subs? You know I don't want subs. Why not? Why don't you want subs? Um, I just think it would be bad for the game. Uh, oh, okay. I think it would be good for my like good for my performances to an extent because I have depth but what I don't have is the elite depth of certain guys like you go look at surface to air missiles uh gallery and um he has elite players that do not play like that he does not use in lineups that's like that's what I'm up against and then I just think it creates too many weird conundrums where like surface is going to be like rooting for his guy that didn't start to just not play at all so that Depay can come on and, you know, score a goal. And I just, I, I, I don't know. I just, I don't like it. I think it's bad. I think that's fair though. Like you don't want people hoping their players don't play. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you create a situation where, you know, you don't want DMPs and then you do want DMPs. So the right. guy comes on. Right, right, right. Like, don't give me a DNP, but if you're going to give me a DNP, give me a DNP. Not a sub. Not a sub, right. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, that particularly, like, would happen if your sub plays first. Now you're, like, flying to Belgium and hoping that you can keep your starter out of the game. <laughs> I don't think people would do that, for the record. But, yeah, I think the other, the rolling lock thing that a lot of people aren't considering also is that you basically, you're basically forced to start all of your Friday and early Saturday players, 
and then just hope that they start? Like, do you prioritize guys who are definitely starting or do you like now do you wait and hope, you know, if so Byron now I gotta Sunday, look at start times. do you wait on Sunday if, if uh, Kimmich and Goretzka are there? Shit. That's crazy to think about. So you'd be spending a lot of time on when games actually start. And I guess there would be optimi optimizations uh, that go with that. So I might put all of my Sunday night guys in the same lineup for, I, yeah, I guess. I don't know. So that, I don't know. And then save a couple of Sunday night starters so that I can swap them. Oh, exactly. Man. I mean, that's exactly how it works in DFS. Like you, you, you're basically saving spots. It doesn't matter. You're saving a salary range and you're like all right if i have to make up ground i go with this guy and if i'm set then i just need i just need my 45 for michael bradley then i can put him in mm -hmm. and i'm good seems to me like the rich, richer the player the the better the player because they can buy all the options not to say that they can't like do that now but now it's one and done you make a mistake and you're not correcting it until next game week yeah i think ultimately the the reason why the people who want DNPs, uh, a DNP fix is because they've just spent so much money and they they want to recognize some ROI from that investment. That's all. Which is like, that's fair. I, I get it. Like, I don't want to buy a guy and then have him not play. And I have, and basically my lineup is dead and I spent thousands of dollars and on a dead lineup. Yeah. The benefit is that I can just wait three more days and try again. Quinny wants to know um, how often have you won and so rated a league um, because of your bench? I had three defender DMPs last week. So you didn't win that. Zero. <laughs> it was the work. Like I just three red zeros. I think yeah. my, I, I probably had one come off. The Out of curiosity, do you remember who they were? Uh, one was, a, it was Osvaldo Alanis. From San Jose, maybe. Were uh, they can... all three totally unexpected, or do you make mistakes? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I will, I will say obviously it was not because of me. <laughs> I mean, please. I don't even know if I can. Oh, here we go. What's funny is I think, I think I get more upset over DNPs where I made the mistake as opposed to, I should be upset when it's just like, that was out of my control. I'm so mad, you know, but when it's a mistake that I made, that's when I'm the most upset because it's like, dude, I didn't do the work. I, I, I skipped over that lineup or I skipped over that player. I didn't do, I didn't dig. Um, he was suspended. It was obvious, like, you know, be better. <laughs> yeah. No, that, I mean, that's fair. Like I think, yeah, it's obviously the people who did the research and are, you know, still get them. Looking at my lineup here, I had, it was uh, Big Dave Boltice, uh, Zuhair Fidal, who I believe I told you I thought would sit. And I'm pretty sure I didn't play him in SO5. Yeah. But I do like my Sora data lineups. You 100% told me he was not starting. Yeah. So I played him on there and Alanis. Yeah. And I think it's, I do these lineups first. Like I probably did this lineup on Tuesday or on. Yeah, Tuesday. So it was Big Dave, Alanis, and who else? Fidal from uh, Sporting. So that's three tough leagues. MLS, Asia, 
And the Portuguese league, league is actually, I think, one of the hardest leagues to get uh, lineups right in. I, mean, I didn't get that one right. I don't have a ton of news for the Portuguese league. Like, I've got a few places I'll go and check, but um, I'm not confident in any of them. I think the benefit, at least for the players that I have, so it's a obviously pretty selfish response, but, like, I pretty much only have players from Sporting, Porto. I don't even, Actually, I don't even think I have anybody from Benfica. But it's like, if you're going to get news, you're going to get them from one of those three teams. So. Yeah, that's fair. Well, I don't, yes. I don't have any other teams, right, covered? No, they don't. Maybe soon, though. I mean, Nicholas is hanging out over there in Lisbon, so. Well, he Stop dropped the. Signing teams and leagues up. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it'll be fun. Challenger oh. definitely needs more league, more teams, so. <laughs> Including the non-elite ones. Right, from for sure. Yeah, I'll sure. get my Boa Vista stack going. Right, right. Reggie Cannon and I don't know anybody else on the team. Yeah, that so. was about it. I like how Quinny's saying MLS clubs do tend to work in patterns that you need to decipher. I, I don't, I've never seen a pattern. Like, I think it's just completely. So I, what I think, he said there though is hundred percent right. There are players that will not play on certain surface types. Um, we, we had uh, the uh, university I work at, we had hosted a MLS cup game uh, two years ago and it was Chicago fire were in town. And Schweinsteiger uh, was uh, playing with the fire at the time. And I was really excited. I was like, oh, that guy I've seen on TV, I'm going to go to the game and, you know, uh, get to yell at him and call him names or whatever. And um, he didn't even make the trip because uh, we have a surface that he just turf field that he had written into his contract that he would not play on. I think think it's a common thing for those European players that come over here and are older. Uh, I think pretty common. Zlatan, I think, did that. I remember there was talk. He may have ended up playing, but it was like a playoff game in Seattle. And he I don't think he'd ever played on turf before, at least in MLS. And there okay. was just all this talk of whether he was going to play. You know, I wonder if it's it's probably an option because, like, if it's a big playoff game or super important game, they're probably going to play in it. But, like, the the game that uh, that I was talking about was a – it was that Open Cup, the U.S. Yeah. Uh, whatever US that Open is. Cup. There was, I, there's no way he, he was going to play in that, you know? Probably not even on grass. <laughs> right. <laughs> not making that trip. Uh, Boss John never got to see beautiful St. Louis, I guess. Huh? Mm, guess not. But yeah, I, um, yeah, I just feel like the, the easiest way to do it is probably to be too safe in that, like, if there's any doubt, somebody doesn't play you just don't play them but there are people who have galleries that you can't do that right and i mean i think most people have galleries where you can't necessarily do that i would argue that i do have a gallery where i could do that and yet here i am playing alfonso davies today but i don't know i just uh the the easiest thing to do is basically to be extra conservative about it and if there's any doubt you just don't play them that doesn't get you out of all DNPs, but it takes you out of more than you would get normally. Yeah, and to speak to that a little bit, I mean, if, if it means that you're consolidating that down a lineup or something, then certainly you should do that and just, like, improve your other – like, if you're, if you're a type of player that runs three lineups and you have two good lineups and then your third one is questionable, I, 
and you, maybe you just have one questionable player in there. I don't know. Maybe you pull that player out or pull the good players out of that lineup and prove your other two teams if you can, and then just not run that third lineup. Easy for me to say because I'm going to try to get that third lineup in anyways. <laughs> and like, I'll go buy a player on the market, pay more than the secondary market. I did it last night. Um, didn't even check. Just bit, put another bid on the guy. And sure enough, looked on the secondary market. I could have paid like 0.002 less or something. And it's just like, ah. I always make fun of those people. I'm like laughing yeah, at you them. Yeah, you do. You paid more than the secondary market. And then I did it. I've done it like tw- twice now since no more than that like two or three times now since limiteds come out because those auctions come so fast you're like yeah. uh do i have time to check so it no i don't and then you put the bid in and then you realize that you paid more you should just start on so rare data hmm interesting and then you can just flip over are the times like perfectly in sync between the two yeah, yeah. maybe i should <laughs> <laughs> Well, they both pull from the blockchain directly, I believe. So mm-hmm. it's like there shouldn't be any delay because they're not relying on the SoRare API. But I don't know. But yes, that's what you should do. I also bought a card yesterday to get a lineup in though. And then I won one of a guy that I was thinking of buying. And I was like, man, if I had gotten this before the game week started, I could have just played it and not have to buy this other card. Yeah. I think Quinny's bringing up some good points just in regards to patterns in general. Um, you got to just, if, if you do have a player that rotates, try to figure out whatever that pattern is. Somebody mentioned Andy Nahar and I think that he had a turf. I thought, I thought he had something in his contract where he couldn't play on turf or that was what people thought for a while. There was a lot of speculation about that. Um, also with like midweek stuff, like if a guy's played like four games in a row, you know, or, um, if it's Europa league, uh, there's, I, I've got players in my gallery that I just have pegged for, okay, he's never going to play in Europa league. Yeah. Don't even bother trying to get him in a, in a midweek fixture because he's not playing. Or you always play Vlasic because he's going to play this. Right. I started him this week in the, uh, that weekly where it's like the, uh, 40 points or less Ooh. because Vlach is, I, I feel like he could score this week up again. Yeah. They play Gank, I think. Yes. On the road, not great, but I don't know. That's like the guy that you want in that lineup. There's some upside there. I might even have captained him. I mean, Gank hasn't had a clean sheet since like 1395, so um, I think you're fine. Yeah, I don't think Vandevoort's given up less than three goals and you know, I don't know, 10 games. You only gave up two last weekend. Only ah. two. Okay. I don't know why anybody would take it all back. Yeah, you just bought him, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Did you get the cool one where he's like staring off? And no, I, I'm so like, ugh, I was so angry about it uh, for like a number of reasons. But basically, I bought him just before the deadline because I had to, I was selling a car. I sold a Justin Bijelow and I was like, oh, you have to replace, like my plan was to sell him to get Vandevoort. Like, so the plan worked. But by the time that I went to like buy the Vandevoort, the like cool cards were gone. And I was like, yeah. ah. And I was like, I should get the new one anyway because the XP is there. But I think at some point I'm going to try to downgrade because yeah. I like now, much now, not to go back to our conversation from last week, but are you going to buy uh, Jehan Lukami and uh, Carlos Cuesta or whatever? You're not going to run the gang stack? 
No, I, I don't know when it, when they play. I was talking to somebody yesterday who has a, a, a pretty good Mark McKenzie card, and he was like, it feels worthless because I just never know when he's going to play. Well, I know when Mark McKenzie's going to play. Never. <laughs> never. Not plays. never. That's the problem. Yeah. He does sporadically play, which is why you can't buy Lukumi or whoever the other guy was. Questa. Questa. Or Questa yeah. yeah. You can't trust him. Has McKenzie played enough to d disrupt them? I feel like he just never plays. Like, I, I was looking because I have his card and I just like. It popped up the other day because it was like a midweek and I was trying to set lineups and I was trying to like fill something in. I was like, oh, I can't use him. He's never going to play. He started four games ago. Okay. He started 47% or actually he's only he's played in 47% of the last 15. What's wild is look at his scores. They're pretty well, except for the game. Oh, that was uh, the U.S. game against Panama. Right. But I mean, like when he plays for Gank, he plays pretty dang good. He's a... He's a classic, like, when he plays, he's good guy that you just can't ever play. I guess the, I guess he's just a hold. Hold him, and then um, I guess he'll be – will he be U23 next year? It looks like it. He's 22. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe next year he gets, like, a full-time starting job, and then you have a pretty awesome U23 defender for a year. Yeah. Quinny said no one will have him in the special weekly, which is funny because I almost played him. Like I was like this close to playing him in the special weekly, but I didn't really have like a great team to play there, obviously, because these are all sub 40, but ended up putting him in an absurd lineup that won't uh, won't do anything anyway. But ugh. what were we talking about before that? McKenzie and something else. But no, I'm not buying rotated center backs. Hmm. Like guys who play a lot are very different than guys who play all the time. Yeah. That's all. Like every week I'd be looking for somebody else. So I just shouldn't buy that guy at all. Hmm. I should just get that the good timber. But he's too expensive. Somebody said they were twins, by the way, in chat earlier. Oh, okay. There you they go. They are twins. Changing topics, sir. I have announced two new teams to come tomorrow. No way. What do you want about their Portuguese? <laughs> Boa Vista, come on down. Yeah. What Sorry, I'm looking for the clues? tweet right now. See if there's any uh, any nice hints in there. Oh, the uh, sorry, when I pulled up their their Twitter, I saw the uh, Hans Van Aken, uh, uh video. What did you think about that? I thought it was great. I loved yeah. it. I think if I had no idea who he was, I would think it was a little weird. But yeah, it was great. It's yeah, exactly that was what like should be doing. That was like that good, like, uh, like nod to the community. Like, yeah, we got mm -hmm. we got Hans, we got Hans now. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like he's if you're growing up on his on his MacBook Air or whatever he's got there, just chilling. So there were two things that I noticed about this video or thought about this video. One was, if you are brand new to So Rare, and you saw everybody going this crazy about this thing, I think you'd be like. <laughs> What is, why, who is this guy? And the other is, he pronounced his name Vanakin, which is, yeah. I think, how I've been pronouncing it. And some people were trying to tell me I was wrong. And so I felt better about that. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I loved it. I thought everything about it was awesome. Um, it's, it's cool that he's, I guess, actually setting lineups. Although I did notice the lineup that he sets in the video was, I think, uh, we talked about it in chat. 
but it was like his lineup from last week. Um, and then they're doing they're doing the guess the score thing, guess the total score of Vanakin's team in game week two fifteen. Do people think that they're guessing the team that he has set in the video, or do people think that they're guessing the score of the team that he actually set in game week two fifteen? Because if you look at game week two fifteen, he's got two lineups. Um, and they're both totally different than the one he set here. Hmm. Tricky one. I don't know. Oh, we got a little bit of controversy. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought, I thought that was funny. The, uh, oh yeah. The CDK pronunciation, which I could never replicate. Was it not De Ketelaire? He didn't even say Charles. It was like Charla or something like that. Oh, I'll have to re-listen. <laughs> Amazingly, the De, De Ketelaire was not the, the surprising part of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You would think that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, it, it, I think there's a great idea. I like that it's the top five. Like, that's pretty cool. That feels like a little more attainable. I didn't even see how many people entered. But. Well, you only have to have two JPL players and you can use limiteds, I believe. So yeah. I think that it's going to be just a total crapshoot, wide open. Um I mean, I'm going to submit my best possible lineup, I think, there. Um, just, you know, for the for the fun of it. Um, but uh, that, that also means I'm going to cheat a little bit and use limiteds because why wouldn't I cheat there and use limiteds if I can? Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, speaking of limiteds, I was showing you earlier that I think if he – I think he ended up pulling it out, but so legendary one – Last week's special, like last game week with five limiteds. Oh, yeah. You got a tier one super rare, which is just like awesome. That is cool. Do you want to admit on this podcast you've been trying to get the Vanakin signature card or no? Yeah, I'll admit that. <laughs> um, there's two signature cards I've been I've been trying to get now for uh, quite a bit. And I've been, uh, I would love to show you the screenshots of all of the declined offers that I've gotten from both Timo Warner and uh, uh, Hans and my tactics were, I'll, I'll share my, my strategy for, for trying to get these cards. So Hans, I sent him an offer of um, another Hans Vanakin card, um, Simon Mignolet, um, Brandon Michelli, or however you pronounce it, Clinton Mata, basically his entire team. It was an absurd offer. Like, like anybody should take this offer. You would think. So I sent him like a car. It was like nine cards and even a replacement of his very own Vanakin card. Just mine's not signed. And I sent him that offer and immediately got declined. So I was like, okay, um, I'll try again. And I think the second time I threw some Ethan third time, I, I ended up just like adding more players in all of them got declined. So uh, this past week, I've been trying to get uh, uh, Timo's card. And I was like, all right, he's starting to play. He's starting to dabble. He's buying cards here and there. Um, so the very first offer was just I, I was going to send him Timo and Havertz. And I sent that over to him, instantly declined. Like within like 15 minutes, he declined it. So I'm like, all right. So then I went and I put Rudiger in there. And uh, I put Armando Broja. And Ike Ogbo, who are just Chelsea players on loan. Chelsea players that he's never played with. Yep. Yep. So, uh, well, they probably played in camp or something. 
But I was like, hey, I can load up this offer. Uh, that one sat there for like 24 hours. I was like, okay, he's seen it. And then he declined it. So <laughs> um, these signature cards are a little tougher than, than I thought to, to get. And I'm surprised these guys are hanging on so tight. But I'm going to get one of them. I mean, some of them can be had quite easily. Yeah, like if Stefan Stephen, uh, Fry and his paper hands over there just selling his cards for nothing. Or actually, I guess he sold it for one ETH, which is mm-hmm. quite impressive because he's, um, well, I, I won't say how I really feel about Stefan Fry on, on stream. He's probably better for the best. Yeah. Uh, he, he watches every week. Didn't he get a second card and he tried to sell that one too or something? Did they, get, they get one every year, I think. Uh, I remember... I think it was Nicholas Storm, maybe, sold oh, his yeah. first one and then got another one. And everyone was like, whoa, wait, wait, he gets another one? Yeah. But yeah, I guess they get one every year, which. I don't know. Maybe when maybe when they get the second one, then we'll be more likely to sell that first one or trade that first one. Or even the I mean, second one. I'll, I'll take the second one as well. It just seems like an easy thing to get rid of. Like, you obviously have your own signature. Like, why do you need your own signature card? Yeah. And that was my thought. I was like, hey... I'll give them I'll give them their own card back. Yeah. And then they can still captain themselves in their lineups and stuff. So uh, I think that that's like if you want one of their cards, I think that's kind of like I think that you could get creative, like make a really super creative offer and maybe get get them. And that's kind of what I was thinking. Like, we'll get creative here. I'm not just going to throw them ETH because I don't have the money to just be like, here's 10 grand for your card or whatever. But um, or yeah, I just. But that's I think a dumb, it, that's a dumb use of 10 grand. Although you're giving out 20 grand with a card. So maybe yeah, I, I, it's like, come on, man. I don't know. I tried. I'm going to keep trying. An effort. I'm going to get one. Yeah. And it's not going to be Stephen Fry. Right. I mean, there are, there are enough like out there that if you really just wanted a somebody's signature card, you can get it. But obviously you don't want just anybody's. Yeah, I think it'd be cool to have one of those like kind of premium type players cards or just like, like Vanakin's not like, I mean, that's not like it's going to be like some big collectible someday, but he's more of just like a cult hero in the community and in the game. And to have his card, I just think would be like kind of the cherry on top of all of it. I think that's absolutely a collectible. The Vanakin is? Yeah, like I think there are enough so rare people where that would absolutely be a collectible yeah like if you got that card i bet you get offers all the time for it. you know the best part about the vanakin card is the serial number associated with it <laughs> so you have a whole squad for it you should have sent him that and be like look i just i need yeah i need the 69 of 100 right somebody made a comment i apologize because i forget who it was but they were saying how vandevort's on the platform and it was like, boy, it must be nice to just be like gifted a Vandevort card. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a good point. That's yeah, a nice imagine like if if they got like Mbappe or Holland. Uh, I mean, that's like free money, printing money. They did have an issue with uh, some Italian player that wasn't, they didn't per- like properly verify them. And I guess they had to change their verification process because I think some guy was that Skamaka guy. Yeah. He like that. Apparently was not him, and they. I didn't know gave that. Him the card, and he immediately sold it and kept the ETH. Hmm. 
I don't know the whole story there. There's like rumors of that. And I think that they, I think people even come up, came out and said that like they got scammed on that one. Oh, wow. Yeah. I missed that. That's fun though. Yeah. I mean, not fun that, stuff. Just adds to the lore of so rare autograph cards. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if there's any more out there worth going for really. Uh, I mean, Griezmann, of course. Uh, but there's not a ton of them like that are really like there's a billion MLS ones that if you just wanted one, you could go get one. Probably. But there's not a ton of like really sexy auto cards. It's an it's an interesting market aspect that like, hey, I have this card. It's basically a unique. But it's like, do I really need an autographed John Kempin card? Yeah. No, no, I don't. Does he have one? Yeah, it's been it's been traded like a few times, I think. Yeah, I wonder what the like the average value of that is. I mean, he's a backup goalkeeper with an autographed card. Like, I think. Yeah, I don't think. I think it's zero. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, it's not zero because some people are paying for it, but like, I'm not. I can't imagine there's like a big, like I think you're almost selling like a an autographed so rare card like it almost doesn't matter who it is like th there's probably like a price level where it's like oh cool i have an autograph but then it's yeah. like oh i have an autograph of somebody you've heard of i think you said that perfectly because i think that and i think there's going to be stuff like that like down the road where it's like oh i'm selling my old so rare card like it's a 2018 card. Yeah. It's a player that doesn't play anymore, or a player that like is an uncovered league, but it's an old card. So you should want that. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked yeah. about that before. Like it's basically a so rare collectible. It's not a, right. a collectible of that player, per se. Um, are some people thinking that Vandervoort is premium amongst U23 goalkeepers? If you looked at his scores, uh... <laughs> and you just bought him. Bought him for the future. He's got four years of U23 left? Or It's the most I've ever spent on a card. Yeah. Like, by far. Which is really wild to think about. Some on, like, a 19-year-old Belgian kid. Yeah. Who scored, who averages 20 points a game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we do. Some really silly shit. But you get four years of utility. Well, I mean... And when you add That's up, why you did it, right? Yeah, yeah. When you add up four years worth of twenty-five points each, it's exactly it's a lot of, it's a yeah. lot of points. Yeah. Just one clean sheet. That's all I want. Just one. And then like a whole bunch after that, but like give me one because boy, yeah. does it feel like a mistake. Open those floodgates. I was told Gank were good. That's why I did it. Well, they were, and they've just gone on some massive losing streak. I think it's. Uh... Seven games or something. Seven or something. Yeah, there's. I think they're sitting in seventh too. But I don't know. You know what's nice about Vandevort though? He always plays. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of DNPs, so true. There's no Alex Merritt here. This guy's always in there. Although Ospina now always plays, and he's getting 85 points a game. Yeah, Ospina's crushing it. Larry, my reward video, I knew the two people I got today, by the way. What a time to be alive. Oh, that is nice. It is nice to win something, win a player that you know who they are. I won players today. Even though I said I wasn't going to talk about what I won today, um, I won a common uh, 
Dante Venzier. Ooh, he's good. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, he is good. He's the he's very uh, good. Uh, place for Royal Saint whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, awesome. And then I want a guy named Nicholas Stark. I always thought that guy was from Game of Thrones. No, no. Nicholas Stark's not from Game of Thrones? I don't think so. No. Um, and he plays for Hertha Berlin. Mm-hmm. And his scores don't look all that great, but whatever. <laughs> and that's a limited. Yeah. Like I said, I got Halland common. Doesn't even show up on Soder Data. And the other what are, timber. What are your thoughts on limited prices? That's another hot topic right now. I, have I to think it's out too too much longer, but yeah, I think there is a tremendous opportunity for people who really know MLS players and those who have been out. And I only say that because I spent twenty bucks today on an Alan Polito card, and I don't know if yeah. I'll ever play it. It was what is it point zero zero six? That felt pretty good for a guy who could score twenty goals next year. Yeah. Um, we were talking about that last night. Uh, I think that it's not just MLS. I think it's any, any league where the player just has a either below average L5 or they're not playing right now. Like Polito's a great example. I mean, he could, he could win the MLS golden boot. He's Mm -hmm. that dominant in the MLS. He just doesn't play a lot. And, and the nice thing is next year, I'll bet he doesn't go on international duty next year because he's just getting to be too old. Maybe I'm wrong, but um, maybe he doesn't go on international duty next year. And that's just more MLS utility where he can just dominate and crush games and hang out with Johnny Russell and crush it together. I think you have to hope that he does play international matches though, so that he goes to the world cup. Hmm. He's not going to start for them though. No. I mean, that'll be Raul, but I don't know. Maybe you get something from him. I don't know. I bought another Johnny Russell uh, limited last night. I don't know why. I paid more than I think the secondary market too. Brilliant. Anybody else want any strategy advice or uh, (laughs) suggestions? I just saw it sitting there and it looked cheap. So I was like, one more bid. And then, yeah. I think, yeah, the the limited prices are definitely down from like a week or two ago. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's, I don't know what caused it. If it's an increase in supply. I mean, we're in like the low hundreds now, like not like we're in the low, like one twenties or so for a lot of cards. I don't know what the highest one is. Uh, this Polito card I bought was one thirty of a thousand. Yeah. So we're in that range. I mean, we're a long way from where they'll finish and presumably we get to a thousand MLS cards by, March ish. So, That's the one one thing that is going to be weird that they keep printing these MLS cards. They're going to be printing a lot of MLS cards during times where they're not playing at all, and there's going to be very little desire and demand to buy them. Uh, so, I mean, we know what the prices are going to do in that time frame mm-hmm. if they keep selling them. Um, yeah, if they hold them back, they could they could protect the prices a little bit on them. And, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that they will hold them back. I don't think there's enough time in the day to get all of them out. If they stop and like start up again in January. Yeah. I think what we're going to see though, is a 
much bigger uh, gap between limited cards and rare cards of MLS players because they've minted a ton of like they've they have minted well more than half of the and sometimes three quarters of the rare MLS cards for this season. And obviously they're, you know, like 13% into the limiteds. Mm -hmm. And so I think because there's just so many, there's going to be so much more supply of limiteds that people who use like rare cards to figure out if a limited card price is good. Yeah. It's going to be very different in two months. I hope so I can sell all my rare MLS cards. But no, they don't stop printing cards after a season is done. To be fair, we don't, um, that, that's for sure true, but we don't know what the exact rule is or if they even have a rule on like, and when they're going to stop printing cards or whatever, like somebody said that they thought it was um, once the, what was it? Once the new season starts or something that they won't keep printing them. But I think they've proven that wrong. Um, I don't know. They just need, they need, they need a, like a rule that's, transparent and just like across the board this is what we're going to do um unfortunately i just don't think that they have that um forecasted out on like when they're going to get the new cards i don't know when they're going to have the pictures taken yeah so i think that they like to kind of play fast with the rules um so they're they they don't really have a rule set because they don't have it forecasted out yeah i think I don't think they have to tell us. I yeah. think we know that. I mean, as long as they don't make more than 100 rares and more right. than 1,000 limiteds, I mean, that's the rule that they're, that is most important. Do you think anyone gets to 1,000? Sure. Sure. I'm like, I mean, yeah, we have obviously have no idea, but like, I would just wouldn't, I guess the European seasons put much longer, but like MLS was almost done. So I feel like there's no way that they, make it to 600 or something like that yeah i don't know I they just make it to a thousand like these things are going to be ten, like five dollars each you're talking about this year whether we get to a thousand yeah i don't know i don't know yeah i don't know i guess it just really comes down to demand and if they can keep pumping these things up and awarding more prizes and all that maybe that's I mean, what we will talk about next week prizes <laughs> I won't do it. <laughs> we did DNPs this week. What did, we, what did we do last week? It was so long ago. I don't even remember. Uh, There's two. Yeah, I don't. If you don't remember last week, then HG's working you way too hard. <laughs> no, I just keep getting blown away by what's coming from so rare data soon. Oh. Do you want to give a hey, do you want to give a little before we we end our our thing today? Do you want to give a little sneak peek of some of the things coming? Can you do uh, that? I think enough people have seen like the tweets of the of the app, but it's just really cool. That's all. Like this is my game week here so far. Like those are my lineups. Yeah. Look at that, Alfonso Davies. Never a doubt. How many how many points did he score? 76. Ugh. Well, he scored 71.4, but with my uh, little XP here in 65 minutes. See, I knew he wasn't going to play the whole match, but I played him anyway. Man. Yeah. It's going to be really cool. And we'll have to have HG on when we um, 
when the app is out so we can talk about it. But, For sure. Uh, all right. Yeah. So this has been the latest episode of the SoRare Andrews podcast brought to you by Rotowire and sponsored by SoRare. We'll be back next week uh, when we'll have another topic and we'll try to remember what we talked about tonight, although it probably doesn't matter at that point. But if you guys have any topics you would like us to cover, not about rewards, then uh, feel free to reach out to us. You can find me on Twitter at Andrew M. Laird. You can find Andy at ablack86, also available in the SoRare Discord uh, under those names as well. So feel free to check us out. Andy, I'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. See you. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.